Welcome to Pet Chats on 2 RFM. Greg Richard joined just by Cheryl Shaw today. It's just me and you. That's it. You've got a... Well, I want, to, I want to say a brooch, but it's very big for a brooch. It's a it's a homemade one this week because my topic is going to be... What do you think it is, Greg? It looks like a cricket. Oh, it's a mosquito. Oh, okay. I've just enlarged the mosquito. Because at the moment, I don't know about your place, but they are so fierce and they not only affect us, but they affect our pets as well. All right. Actually, go for a walk around the university this afternoon and... I think you'll appreciate the, the lovely mosquitoes that come to greet you. <laughs> Actually, just pulling up today, they were getting in my car as I was trying to get out. They are so fierce. They love me. And the little tiny ones as well. Yeah, they're vicious. Oh, they love everyone, I think. I think it's, oh, <laughs> I think it's just me. <laughs> Pet Chat on 2NURFM. And Cheryl, today we're talking about oh, mosquitoes. Not everyone's favourite insect, oh, look, it's safe to say. They're certainly not mine. But one of the things with mosquitoes, often people don't realise that there's about 3,000 different species of mosquitoes of mosquitoes out there yep. and some are really okay they don't spread disease so you know they're, they're the ones that they just call a nuisance mosquito <laughs> yep. but there's an, another mosquito that's actually called um, the vector and vectors actually spread disease now they can spread disease it's what you call zoonotic so it can go from a pet or, or, or an animal like a horse or something and cross over into the human so we need to be really mindful about our pets and that we are making sure that, um, that we're looking after them as well so I've got birds and I've got dogs, yep. but one of the things with my birds, sometimes I notice that they've got, like, the canary might have a little red lump on their legs. So that's an interesting thing because the mosquito will feed from anything that's got blood. So they'll feed on the, the, the canaries, they'll feed on the cats, and, the, and they'll also go out and feed on snakes and frogs, on our, on our livestock, even on, on mammals, any mammal, yep. kangaroos, you name it. So they're just crossing across all of the time. Now, what happens in the dog world, when a mosquito bites an infected dog that has um, heartworm, that heartworm is taken then from that infected dog by the mosquito to the next dog that it bites. And so if the dog doesn't have protection, so if you're not using a preventative, one of the things that will happen is that the pet will gain a um, a um, microfilaria into its bloodstream. Now this will flow through the, the bloodstream and into the heart, sometimes in the lung, and it will develop into heartworm. So this is something that we can treat. So we need to make sure that we prevent it by making sure our pets are on their monthly treatments, because it's so easy for them to catch from a mosquito but so preventable if we're using um, the right products. I'm now, assuming we can't throw air regard. Well, you need to be careful. Some products um, that are on the market have DEET in it. So DEET is really a dangerous product for pets, particularly cats and dogs, because it can cause neurological problems. So we want to make sure if we're using something, that we're using something that is perfectly safe for cats and dogs. And cats are more sensitive to products than what dogs are. But making sure that you go and get a product that if, um, if you're using a lot of your monthly preventatives, they'll actually have a... Um, a product in them that will deter the mosquitoes from um, taking their blood. So sometimes, you know, your dog, if it's not being treated, um, the mosquitoes will um, obviously bite that dog. But if they're being treated and the mosquito bites, they're not going to have that same reaction that they have if they're not. Um, there are, but there are lots of products available to, to minimise the, you know, the biting from yep. the mosquito. Um, the other thing that's really important that um, we understand that if you do have an aviary, trying to keep the um, the 
the mosquitoes low or low numbers because there's a thing called fowl pox which affects chickens and so they become when they're bitten they get these like scabbies all over them so if you're doing um you, you looking out for your your chooks planting things around your chook pen that can help deter them because the, you'll just see mosquitoes every time you go into a chook pen there's mosquitoes there so planting plants that, that uh, mosquitoes don't like around the chook pen can sometimes deter their presence as well Is that just a good idea for your garden as well just trying to find those plants that mosquitoes don't like? Oh absolutely Even not just for your chooks but for all your pets as well? Yeah absolutely I mean you know um, mosquitoes don't like citronella um, but you know you need to be careful when you're using certain things around certain animals but um, certainly yeah planting things that rosemary is another thing that they don't usually like but just planting things around to minimise them. Um, also um, it's interesting with mosquitoes because some people they get attacked more than other people and it's, yep. it's usually due to the, their odours so there's different odours that they're that they the mosquitoes really like the other thing is the colors that you wear so mosquitoes are attracted to red and browns and blacks and they're often colors that you know people will have some shorts on and next minute they're you know slapping their legs because the mosquitoes are having a chomp on them and, and interestingly too mosquitoes are really active when it's um when there's a, a full moon. So full moon means that they are actually able to use their senses better because there's more light for them to be able to see and they can then get their prey about 50 metres away from where they are and they'll locate you and start buzzing around your head and next minute you're doing the whole slappy thing trying to get rid of them. How good is a mosquito when you're trying to sleep at night? Oh, that buzzing, isn't it? Just, oh. Just that one mosquito. Yep. And you try and swipe it and they're so quick to move. <laughs> it's Pet Chat on 2 URFM 103.7. Talking about mozzies today, but we've got Brian from Bellbird, and he's got a dog that's itching all the time. Good afternoon, Brian. Oh, hi, it's, it's Cheryl. Oh, sorry. Brian, Brian's gone off to do something else. Oh, okay, right, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I've got a little pug, and uh, she's forever itching her, like, towards the back tail and that, and then the next minute she's twirling around on her bottom and chews her feet. Um, yeah, I was, like, wondering, uh, am I washing her with the wrong stuff? You know, what what would be making her do that all the time? Sure, no problem, Cheryl. How old is the pug? She's going on four. Four, okay. And has she always been a nitchy dog? Uh... Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. She's always been a bit of an itchy dog. Okay. Like there's times where she'll get patches where she loses her hair in those spots. Okay. So, so one of the first I things that I... I try to wash her like once a week or at least by the fortnight. Um, yeah, but maybe I'm using the wrong stuff. I don't know. I, okay. I, I take it to the pet shop where there's those baths. Yep. Okay. So one of the first things that I'd like to ask you is do you use a preventative for flea and ticks? Yes, I do. Okay, so that's one of the most important things to do because often where you said that um, your dog is actually scratching and biting around that tail base is sometimes a real uh, key um, thing for us to know that there's fleas on board and that's an area that dogs will often um, scratch and chew at and denude those areas and often do a lot of damage to their skin. So we can rule that out. You're doing the right thing by using a flea and tick preventative. The other thing can be that um, the dog 
there, there can be some allergies that are like airborne allergies and, and environmental allergies. So we have to look at a few different things. So allergies can be all sorts of things from the food that they eat to the areas that they're laying, um, stuff like that. Sometimes we have to look at um, changing the food that they're having and it's probably worth having a, um, a visit to the veterinarian just to check on to make sure that there's nothing else going on with the skin because there can be some different things that are happening with the skin. Yes, and that may tried a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we, we make her own veggies and rice or veggies and um, pasta. Fresh meat, boys. Fre- yeah, like I boil the meat with the veggies and the pasta and then put them into little containers and then give that to her. But um, the point is we'll give her that and dry food. But we thought maybe it's the veggies um, so we stopped doing that and we've just been giving a dry food now we're kind of thinking well we stop the dry food and go back to the veggies and rice and pasta okay. we're just not too sure what to do with it we are a little bit concerned yeah. but yeah one of the things with pasta, pasta can often cause allergies in dogs too so they can oh. sometimes have some wheat allergies so yeah. it's probably worth just checking with your vet um, what diet would be suitable but also if there's something on the skin that's causing the problem of her to be itchy like if she's got some yeast like malassezia sometimes you'll need a special shampoo just to make sure that we're getting on top of that because they can become quite itchy the other thing is when you are bathing her try to make sure that you use um, a dryer so a high velocity dryer to dry her after she's bathed Yep. So one of the most important things there is do you want her to be completely dry, and I mean completely dry, no moisture on the skin whatsoever or in the coat, because that is often the catalyst for why dogs can get itchy, because what happens, the body is warm and the water sitting on top of the skin between the coat or between the fur will yeah. often cause um, malassezia to begin, because that's, the, oh, uh, that's okay. what they need. They need. The yeast needs warmth and moisture to continue yeah. to grow and that will give them a, a really strange smell it's quite a yeasty smell like um, you know thinking oh. about making Easter buns yeah. or something yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah she does smell. Yep so that that is usually a malassezia so it's a yeast so oftentimes you need to use a, a proper medicated treatment shampoo usually you use those about two to three times a week and you have to rub it in for about 10 minutes at a time and massage it through so it actually suffocates the yeast that's causing the problem and normally you do that for about four to five weeks sometimes it may be six weeks and usually that problem will recede or go away after that so it uh, probably would be worth just getting the vet to check the skin but if you can smell that odor it's usually that's the problem no, but once we've washed it, within a, like two, three days, she really stinks again, and I think... Yep. So it does sound like, without seeing her, it's hard to say, but it does sound like she's got a yeast on her skin okay. and that the, the medicated shampoo would definitely help if that's the, that's the case for her. So what, what kind of... Like, instead of using the like the bath stuff, because we use theirs out of that yeah. machine... So that, so that machine that they're using, they're just using a general um, everyday shampoo, but yeah. but you won't get that in a situation like like um, in one of those, those buttons. So once. Which one am I best to yeah, buy? So the product that you'll need to get is, is and then just use their water and blower. Yep. So um, you you make sure that that the water is fresh water that's not being recycled because that no. can also give contaminants from other dogs. Uh, so we'll, we'll watch it here ourselves. 
Yeah, and um, and if you're going to use the hair dryer at home, just make sure you put it on a, a low setting so it's not on hot. You don't want to burn the dog no, either. No, that's right. But you're going to need to put on with the. It's called Maliseb, and it's available at your vets or at your pet shops. And it's um, when when you read the directions on it, it will say to you to put on some gloves, to wash the dog in this three times a week, and make sure that you rinse it out and dry the dog. And then th- you'll find that that odor will dissipate because oh, you'll be able to great. get on top of that, Cheryl. Uh, when you turned around and said to Cheryl about the flea and tick gum thing, yep. that comes in the wash down at these places. But are we better off, say, in just in case, putting an actual flea collar onto her? I wouldn't use a flea collar and I wouldn't use one of the rinses. The rinses don't really work. Um, one of the things that you want to do is use a good quality preventative and there's lots on the market. There's there's so many different ones. Okay. Um, right. But, you know, if you just pop up to your vets and just ask for some um, some flea and tick treatment and they'll give you something that's just going to keep on and, top and of it. Yeah, Maliseb, and you can pick that up at, at the same time. But right. you definitely need to be treating her for the flea and ticks and that problem on the skin. Oh, great, okay. great. Thank you very much. No worries. Good time. luck with that. Okay, thank you. Thank you. It's Pet Chat on 2NURFM 103.7. And looking at our Cat of the Week, and it's Lillian, I believe the name is. Lillian? Lillian? That's an unusual name. It is. Lillian. <laughs> it's a six-week-old cat, and apparently it doesn't mind being around no, humans no, as well. No, 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 Greg. No, no, no. It's not six weeks old. Six, uh, did I say six? I said yeah. so, six years. It's six years old. It's not a kitten. I'll learn to read one day. <laughs> <laughs> it's apparently a very good with humans, and that's probably about it, really. It's, it seems to be a very human-based cat. Yeah, it's going to make someone a lovely pet. It just seems to be pretty, pretty cruisy, easygoing. Yep. It's great with kids, other dogs and cats. Just be patient when you first get that cat because it just is going to a new environment so it's going to need a little bit of settling in time but certainly a nice cat. Tortoise shells, they're unusual. Tortoise shells? Tortoise shell. What, the the, the tortoise or the... No, the tortoise shell, that's what it's called. The the colour of that coat is called tortoise shell. Oh, okay, right. So see all the colours in that? You've got, you know, your browns, your blacks and your whites, so... Yeah. I guess it kind of looks like a tortoise shell as well, doesn't it? It does. So it's all scattered around? Yeah. So you didn't know that one? I did not know that at all. Okay, I, well, Greg, at least we've learned something I, here today. I also didn't know how to read till two seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're doing well, Greg, you're doing well. But hopefully this cat will find a nice home and um, make a good companion. Right. And is that the same, with, I'm assuming with most pets, it would be once they first arrive, just... Ease them into the, your household. Absolutely, your because you know they've got they've come from somewhere and maybe you know had a few different places that they've been and settling in can take a while. It's just like if you're moving in with a new flatmate, you know it takes a little bit of adjustment. But particularly with cats, because cats sometimes just need their own space. I always say when you're getting a cat. Um, pop it in one room, just keep it in the one room for a while so that it becomes familiar with the sounds and, you know, the smells of the home. But make sure you're going into that room and then eventually just let it out into another area, another area, so it can become quite settled and happy with its environment. Because yep. they do stress very easily, you know, a, a change of environment is, you know, very up, upheaval. Especially cat at six as well, it'll be very settled in his ways yeah, and yes. or her ways. Yeah, if. absolutely. But, you know, lots of cuddles, lots of time that you're just spending sitting there stroking the cat and, yep. you know, talking to it and, yeah. Bet chats on to a new RFM, 103.7. Sure, just before we go, we've been talking about mosquitoes. Yes. Everyone's, well, I don't say favourite, pretty much most people don't like mosquitoes. No. And, you know, Greg, one of the things that's interesting about mosquitoes is that it's only the female who bites. The male doesn't bite us. Really? Yep. He so just 
flights around and yeah yeah he just has a good time he doesn't live very long and he lives about 10 days from the time he was born oh really to, yep because you got to get a lot in in 10 days yep and <laughs> the female she lives for about two to four weeks but she needs the blood from whomever she's getting it from yeah. to reproduce so she can't uh, finish her life cycle and produce eggs unless she has a feed of blood so the protein that's in the blood is what helps her to um, produce her eggs okay yeah so we've just got to stop them from reproducing by not but not providing our blood, blood to them. Yep. But it's not just us. They're, they're getting blood from all of these different animals and mammals and, you know, lizards, snakes, yep. whatever, even frogs. But, you know, in Iceland, there's no mosquitoes. It's too cold for them. Oh, so that's what we've got to... Yeah, we're all going to pack up and go to Iceland. Iceland. <laughs> we'll just carry big ice packs around us or something cool. Yeah, and you know the mosquito, the other thing that's interesting, they have this little precipice at the front of the, the mouth where they... Um, where they take the blood and it's like um, like an inverted um, funnel but on the edges of it if you look under the microscope it's got these really serrated little horrible um, edges where it pierces your skin yep. and then sucks the blood yeah it's what stings i guess when they bite you yeah yeah they're nasty little critters that's for sure and they're so fierce at the moment so you know if you've got you know if you've got um jugs of water around or sources of water and things in the yard make sure you're emptying them out so that they're not able to reproduce at the moment and keep that cycle down because they do um, give some nasty diseases you know your Ross River fever there's lots and lots of different things yep. I mean obviously I, throughout the world there's a lot of different other diseases but you know we're also in, in an area that um, Ross River fever is quite high so minimising the amount of mosquitoes that are biting you and your pets is a good idea You kind of forget about taking a tip into your dog bowl dish yet or your old dish for your pets and Yeah but a lot of people um, leave sources of water underneath their pot plants so that's an area that you've got to be mindful of as well because they'll breed even in the smallest, minute amount of water. Also have bird, bird bars as well. Yep, yep. Get rid of them. Def oh, well, definitely emptying them out constantly so that, you know, you're providing water for the birds and, and, a, and an area for them to swim or bathe, yep. um, but also that you're making sure that they're nice and clean so we just don't have those pests around. Right, yeah. We'll wrap it all up with our dog of the week. Sounds good. Which is Jets. Looks like a bit of a big unit as well. A three-year-old Labrador cross-Swiss Shepherd. Lovely. About 40 kilos. That's that's a big dog. He's a big dog. But apparently mm -hmm. he's lovely. Loves humans, which is always nice. Yeah. Well, it's, we're hoping. <laughs> it's a bit of a bonus. <laughs> Doesn't mind kids as well. But I, I dare say with a big unit like Jet, he'd be wanting a fair bit of running about and exercising. Yeah, maybe not children that are too small with him. Just to, you know, yep. we've got to be mindful of his size and children. So you know, you know, your, your teenage children would probably be fine with a dog like this. All right, that doesn't mind travelling as well. It, apparently, he grew up supervising chickens. Chickens? Oh well, that's good. If you've got chooks, he'll be a valuable asset in the backyard. He's not going to go and kill them, so that'd be nice. Not quite sure how he's supervising them, but well, he may be just watching that they don't go somewhere they shouldn't. Possibly, yeah. And then rounding them back into the chook pen or where they're supposed to be. And then off for smoker a little bit later on the afternoon, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> if you want more information about Jets and also Lillian the cat a little bit earlier, just head to tourinuyrfm.com.au to our Dog of the Week there at Pet Chats. Cheryl, thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank we'll you. Back again next Wednesday. No, I'm not. I'm the one oh. the following Wednesday, so I'm not here next week. So. Righto. Fingers crossed then for next week. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>